Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Now, when you hear that, overcoming the fear of death, for some of you, you might be like, oh man, I'm sleeping through this message, not applying to me. I'm 15 years old. I'm 20 years old. I don't think about death ever. It is not even on my radar. And for other people who are here, there might be people that you know who are in hospice, that you know that that you expect them to die sometime soon. And and so we have this huge gamut of people and, and how much death is or is not affecting them at the moment. Well, I, I think, and, and I pray that no matter where you are on this spectrum, this message will be advantageous to you. And the reason why is, is it is important to, to talk about death and, and to see how we deal with death on a daily basis right now, and also be prepared for, for times uh, of crisis, and, and this will help to do that. So, Maybe the way to start is to, to start by saying we live in a society that is it's kind of strange because we are surrounded by virtual death. Okay, we're surrounded by virtual death, which means after growth group on Thursday night, my wife and I watched a movie and I saw 12 people get killed. And you know what? really didn't affect me that much. Then you know what I did after that? I went to sleep. And, and, and so think about, I want you to think about the number of virtual deaths that you have seen in the last week, month, and throughout your life. Just to give you an idea, if, I, I know it's in the growth group notes there, that if you, if you saw Saving uh, Private Ryan there were 255 deaths. If you saw Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, 2,700 deaths. 2,700 deaths, and I know I've seen that at least eight times. So when you look about that, and during that, you watch it, there's death after death after death after death. And then as I started thinking about this, I, want to, I started thinking about how many people have I virtually killed? And now I'm not going to count space invaders because they're technically not people. But, but, and and I don't really do a lot of gaming. Well, I don't do any now, really. But one of my favorite was James Bond. And, And you could argue that it wasn't murder because technically I have a license to kill. And so... But, but as I thought about that, and, and the number of times I would go and do these levels, that on any given level, there were at least 20 to 25 bad guys. And, and by the end, as I was going through those levels, I could, I could get through a level in five minutes and, and know exactly where I needed to be. And, and all of those things virtually killing someone and having absolutely no feeling attached to to watching this death. Now, at the same time, the question I ask you is this. Next question is, how many dead bodies, real dead bodies, like a dead person, have you seen in the last week, in the last month, in the last year? 
And for that, what's, what's really amazing about that, for me even, when there's a funeral, when I grew up, there was always a dead body. Always. That there were three days after the funeral, there would be a, a visitation. The casket would be up in front. You would go talk to the family, and there'd be this dead body there. And uh, the next day, you would have the funeral. That's the way it was. But, but in Arizona, you know that's not the case. That very few people are buried here. Almost everyone is cremated. And so what happens is when someone dies, they're, they're cremated, and then, and again, I'm not saying this is wrong. I, I, if, please don't take this as criticism in any way. But, but someone will die and they'll say, you know what? Uh, everyone will be available on June 7th. So that's when we'll have a, a funeral service. And, and what happens is we never have to face true death. I've also told you this, I've, I've talked about this, and I, I don't mean to offend anyone here by this, but, but I am also someone who has hunted, okay, and, and hunts. And I will tell you the very first time I killed something, and I killed a deer, and, it, and I shot it, and when I got up to it, it was not dead yet. And I'm telling you that it still affects me to this day. Watching, there's a difference between 007 game and watching the life leave an animal. And it is, it, it is, I don't even know how to describe it. It is just, it, it, it's hurtful and it's painful and it's, it's just, it's hard. Now, the reason why I bring it up is this. What it has to do with this message is we are faced with virtual death all of the time. And what happens is it's kind of sanitized and, and there's a desensitization to it. And that we look at death as we see it on the TV and it's going on and on and on. And then when we finally have it in our life, it is so different. And it is so staggeringly different. And it affects us emotionally and, and physically and in, in all these different ways, mentally, spiritually, in ways that we quite honestly are not have not been equipped to deal with, that it brings fear. It brings fear because we don't know it. We, we're not acquainted with it. We, we are kept so far away from it and given it an, an, an imitation that is false evidence appearing real, right? And, and there you have it at the top of your page. What is fear? It's false evidence appearing real, and, and so we have this fear of death because we don't understand it, or we've been told so many false things about it. And so as we begin today, I think it's important, first of all, to, to make sure we're clear what we're talking about. And we're going to be talking about physical death and spiritual death. And first of all, physical death is the separation of body and soul. It's the separation of body and soul. And so when you see someone dying, and, and this is another thing, I don't know if you've ever been in the room when someone has died before. And, and it, it, again, it can be different depending on the situation. All of them are a little bit different. But, but if you've been in hospice and you're watching someone struggling to stay alive and struggling to breathe, and then family encouraging them to, you know what, it's okay, you can let go and they take their last breath. And what's happening in that moment is, is, is you can't necessarily even uh, see what's happening, 
But you know, and that is the, the soul has left the body, and now you have a lifeless body, and the soul has left uh, to be with the Lord. And when you understand it for what it is, it, it's not nearly as scary, at least it's not to me. That, and the reason why is you understand what's happening. Uh, and we'll get to some of the lies that might, be, that might creep in during this time period. But then spiritual death is something we also need to understand. When the Bible describes spiritual death, spiritual death is separation from God. Spiritual death is separation from God. And that is something that should scare you. It should scare you in the sense of saying, I don't want to be separated from God. I don't want to have to go through that. And so as we look at this lesson, we'll see the things that we must go through. Uh, maybe even long to go through as relates to death, and then other things with, with spiritual death of, of something we don't even have to experience. So we begin. And this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to say it again. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So, so if you want to go to the kingdom of God, which is heaven, understand that the way you are right now, flesh and blood, you're not going to be able to do it. That, that it, it can't happen. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Now, I want you to think about this, and the, the word, I spent some time on this this week just thinking about this. The perishable cannot inherit the imperishable. So understand that you are perishable. Think about that. You're perishable. So, so the things that in your home, many of them that are perishable, you keep in the refrigerator, and you understand that after they've been in the refrigerator for a while, they start to perish anyways. And when they do, when you open the refrigerator door, you know. And, and you get that, that smell of perishing, uh, of something that is dying or something that is dead. And, and what do you do with it? Hopefully, please don't say eat it. <laughs> that you, you take it out of the fridge and you put it in the garbage, and then you take it out because you don't want it in the house anymore because it's, it's perishable. And what you need to understand is that your body, you are perishable. And, and it might not be three days until we go bad, and it might not be three years, and it might not be 30, and it might not even be 50. But especially if you are, are someone who is getting older than younger, that you understand that your body, you, we don't say perishable, we say it's breaking down. We say we're slowing down a little bit, that things aren't working the way that they used to. And it's a reminder that you are perishable. And the thing is, is we need to understand we were not made to be perishable. We can go back to the beginning and when God made us, and maybe one of the reasons why we have Fear as we face death is we were not made to die. 
That when God made Adam and Eve in the beginning, the idea was that they would live without sin, with God, with the tree of life forever. That they would never die, physically or spiritually. But when sin entered the world, when they sinned, the promise that that God had made that that if you sin, you will die was, was kept. And from that moment... They were no longer really living physically, but they were dying. They had become perishable until one day they would die. In the blank, you can write, many live in denial of the fact that death will ever come. We will all face death. Now it's just a matter of timing. And death can actually be a gift to sinful man. And maybe on the side, you can put the lie, the false evidence that, or thing that people try to do. You could write, I can escape death. That I think that is a lie that people go through and they say, you know what, if I eat healthy, if I, if I work out, I'm going to be as healthy as I can be. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But what I am saying is, even if you do that, you can extend your life, but you cannot escape death. None of us make it out of here alive. And then secondly, and another thing that we look at is physical death being a gift from God. And especially as I, sometimes it's hard. I talk to my parents, my dad's 85, and they tell me, we go to funerals twice a week. That's like our pastime now. That's what we do, and we're getting to a point where all of our friends are dead. And then they say it. They say, you know what, if, if I was next... I would be completely okay with that. And it's like, whoa, 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 don't talk that way, right? We don't like it when people talk that way because then we're like, hold it. And they're like, no, we're not talking about wanting to hurt ourselves or anything like that. But they've reached a point in their life where they've had enough, enough of the pain, enough of the hurt, enough of the heartache, and they're longing for a better place. Their bodies are, are slowly perishing, And they long to be clothed with the imperishable. But that only happens after a separation of body and soul when we die. We continue. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, and that's referring to death. So make sure you get in that in your vocabulary as well when you fear death, because Jesus calls it sleep. Paul calls it sleep, and when Jesus raises someone from the dead, he says it's, he, he needs to awaken them. So, so again, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep in death, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will all be changed. Now, what, what he's talking about is that when Jesus returns one day, that there are going to be people who are alive. Maybe it will be us, maybe not. Maybe it'll be in later this afternoon. That'd be all right with me. Um, I have an opening. And, or it could be in 100 years after I'm long dead. And so either way, it doesn't make any difference. There will be people alive. And, and those who are dead will rise first, and then those who are alive will be changed 
changed in a way we don't understand, that they will go through this metamorphosis uh, in a way that their sinful bodies now will be, uh, will be discarded and, and they will be changed and be perfect. I don't know, I don't understand this. I don't know this. So if you're looking for like more information, what's this exactly going to be like? I don't know. But notice, we will all be changed. And then another verse that goes very nicely with this is when Jesus said to her, and this is Jesus speaking to Martha after the death of her brother, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she answered, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. On the side of the page, the, the lie, the, and, and the thing that brings fear that I want you to write is, death is the end. And, and, and the reason why is because when we don't go, do go see a dead body, there's a finality to it, right? That when a person is, is put in, either in the ground that it's, oh my goodness, the committal service of watching someone be put in the ground and then being covered with dirt, you're basically saying, I don't expect to see you again. This is the end. When you, when you uh, cremate them and, and they are taken away to be cremated, that's the end. And, and, and so that is the false evidence appearing real, that, that it's the end and we'll never see them again. But Jesus says that, that this is different. And so what he does in these words that we don't want to miss is he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And this is talking about physical death, that, that someone who, who believes in Jesus is going to live through the death process even though their body and soul separate. And then he goes on to clarify when he says, and whoever lives by believing in me, so this relationship we have with God uh, and, and being connected to God, having spiritual life, which starts on the day we come to faith and, and continues for an eternity, that when we have a relationship with God, we will never be separated from him. And even if our body and soul separate, that we don't separate from God. He will, be through, he will go through this whole process with you. Psalm 23 talks about, if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you're with me. And God is with us. And, and that's, that's the comfort, people. If you are someone who, is, who knows someone going through hospice, they are not going through it alone. You need to, to let go of them. But God does not do that. They might be separated from you. That could be another way of physical death of looking at it. I'm separated from them. They are now gone, but they are not separated from their God. And, and so we don't grieve like the rest of people who have no hope, but we look to these promises of Christ who even in the midst of death gives us not only hope, but confidence. In the blank, you can write, death isn't the end of the story. Spiritual life continues even after physical death takes place. Death isn't the end. Spiritual life continues even after physical death and even as physical life takes place. The one thing I wanted to point out there too is when it says we're all going to be changed. Now, as I said, that, that's something we don't understand exactly what that's going to be like. We're not told. 
And so, you know, this is where the old joke comes, you know, like how many pastors does it take to change a light bulb? What do you mean change? Why would we do that? You know, and so, and, and we joke about that, but when it comes to our lives and our bodies in death, when we think about it, it's going from the known to the unknown. And, and so even though I, I can look at, at myself, the, the body that God has given me for 50 plus years, at least I'm familiar with it. You know what I mean? That, there, that there's a comfort level. It's like those ratty old slippers you have that, yeah, they're, they're gross, but, but they're so comfortable. I'm so comfortable in them. But no one else sees them that way. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So, so anyways, that's the way it can be with our bodies. And understand, that's part of the fear, is that there's going to be change from, from all that I've ever known. And even though we would have to admit that it's imperfect and painful even at times, that letting that go is a gift. We continue. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not been made known. So that, again, we, we don't exactly know what it looks like to be perfect. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so that, again, describes that change. And again, the next verse from 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty three: For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. So what does it look like when I change to be perfect? And what does it look like when I change to, to, to be able to live forever with immortality? I don't know, but, but it's going to be good. In the blank, you can write, after death, the way we look and feel will be changed. It will be different. And that's why oftentimes a, a picture that is used is the picture of a, of a butterfly. That when you see a caterpillar go through the, the cocoon and then come out as a butterfly, you, you compare the two and you're saying, okay, I can kind of see it. But really the change that takes place, it, it goes from being kind of this ugly bug to something that's, that's beautiful. And that is why that picture is used. And, and, and again, directs us back to Jesus in the way that, that he was changed when he uh, rose from the dead. We continue. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? See, death has a sting. And there was a sting. There, there was a sting to physical death. And the reason why is that in our lives, our lives are sometimes called a time of grace. It's a time when we get to know who our God is. It's a time when we get to develop a relationship with our creator. And the, the, the problem then, though, is when sin came into the world and we were separated with God, and even while we were physically alive, we were experiencing spiritual death, separation from God. That when a person's body and soul is separated, their time of grace is over. And their time to know Jesus as their savior is over. And their time to restore that relationship with God is over. And that was the sting of death. That, that is what made death so stinging. 
And, and maybe some of you have gone through that before. As you, you look at the hope that you have in Jesus Christ and you see people that you know who don't, and, and when you think about their death or, or their coming death, that, that it scares you. And, and it's painful for you to, to stand by and watch. And, and that is, the, that's the sting of death, but it doesn't have to be that way. In the blank, you can, you can write, right now, death is doing God's work. He is using it as a gateway to heaven. One day, he will destroy it. And I'm going to take the next verse right away just because they're so closely connected. It says, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we think about the sting of, of, of sin, which is separation from God, that Jesus took that sting. That's, that's what the cross is all about. That as we see Jesus on the cross, and it's something uh, during this season in the church here that's called Lent, that we focus on the passion of Jesus and his suffering and death, that what we see is Jesus not just taking away the stinger, we see Jesus taking the stinger. That, that all of the punishment and the separation from God and the death that he died is a death that we deserve, but he went as our substitute. And that is how he removed the sting. And now, since that has happened, since Jesus has taken away that sting from death, heaven is open. The sting of death is gone. On the side, what, what I would like you to write, and this is where the fear comes in, you can write there, death is winning. It, it seems like death is winning. And the reason why is because uh, that, that as you see someone, they die, and it's, again, there's a, it seems like there's a finality to it, and it seems like death gets us all. And I, this is one I still remember when uh, I had a friend of mine uh, die from, from cancer. And this was probably, I don't know, eight, ten years ago maybe, and uh, her, her husband asked me to look at the obituary. And so I was looking at the, the obituary and it says, she lost her battle to cancer on this date. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, what, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, that's when she died from cancer. I said, no, we need to reword that. She won her battle with cancer on this day. Because that is when she died. And on the day that she died, she was separated from that body that was cancer-ridden. And now she has gone to be with the Lord in heaven. And on the last day, she will be, uh, her body and soul will be back together, imperishable, that death actually provided her victory over this disease. And he's just like, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, I know. That's the problem. The problem is when we see people get sick and we see people die, we say they lost when, when nothing could be farther from the truth. There is a day, and, and it, it's, I didn't uh, quote the verse in here, I believe it's verse 24, where it says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And, and why has God not destroyed death yet? It's doing his work. 
Death is doing exactly what God wants it to do, which is to take us from the sinful world to have a separation of body and soul to take us to be with him in heaven. That, my friends, is reality. That is the truth. And to the extent that you look at the false evidence that appears to be real, you are going to be afraid of death that you, it is going to stun you. You are going to see a lifeless body, a body that has been riddled with disease and hurt. And, and you're going to look at it and say, this is the body of someone who has lost. But it was not, it's not true about them and it wasn't true about Jesus either because they took his lifeless body. They took his body, which was beaten and abused. They took his body, which is pierced uh, with a spear to show that it was dead. They removed him from the cross and they threw him into a, into a tomb as a loser, as, as someone who did not follow through on his promises. And that was false evidence appearing real because three days later, Jesus did beat death. Jesus rose from the dead. The, the perishable clothed itself with the imperishable. And with that victory, Jesus not only showed his own victory, but yours as well. And, and, and as you face death, whether it be today, whether it be in 15 years, in 70 years, or whenever it is, that is the truth. By dying on the cross, Jesus took away the sting of death. By rising on Easter morning, he shows you what is in your future. And now, as a result, the final verses, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. I love that. Let nothing move you. And, and the, the reason why I like that is because a lot of times death moves us. Like it, it runs into us and it, and it knocks us off balance. And, and so the, what we're being told here is, okay, get in your, your foundational get-ready-to-be-hit position and let nothing move you because no matter what hits you, you are ready for it because Christ has won this victory. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Here's the final one on the side of the page. And you can write there that we are losing the battle. That's what, it, that's what it seems like, that we're losing the battle, right? That we're, we're doing all this, we, we have this message of Jesus, and, and who, who does believe this? And who, you know, this is just a, a waste of time. And God says, no, definitely not a waste of time. In the blank, you can write, Jesus' victory over death has given me a foundation, a foundation and platform on which I can build my life. He's given me a foundation and a platform on which I can build my life. I, I struggled with this when, when we came up with this message series. And the reason why I did is I told them, you guys, this is like two weeks before Easter. You're kind of like, you know, uh, taking away the... The, the big hit for Easter, right, of, of this victory over death. But I think in, instead what I'm going to focus on today is the word platform. The reason why I'm sharing this message today is because Easter is in, is in two weeks. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead we will celebrate in two weeks. And there are people that you know who don't know that.
There are people that you know who live in fear. They think death is the end. They think death is winning. They think death does have a a sting that, that cannot be removed. But you know better. And so, first of all, the, the, the point today is make sure your foundation is secure. Make sure that as we go through, through these things that you know that these are true, that this is where you take your stand for the day that you die. That, that this is the foundation on, on the day when my loved one, those who know Christ, that this is where we stand and this is where we receive our comfort. And then, on that firm foundation, Use it as the platform that God intended it to be. This is a message to be shared. And it is a message we will share in two weeks here at Crosswalk as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and ours. Make sure that you use this platform in the next couple of weeks with friends, relatives, neighbors, people that you love who need the fear taken out of death. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, especially in death, there's so much false evidence that it does appear to be real. And I'm not going to lie, it's scary and it shakes us. But as we look in your word and you tell us the truth about life and death and spiritual life and resurrection and coming back to get us and taking us to be with you in heaven, all of a sudden when we look at at the long, the long, the big picture, uh, we realize that death is a gateway to heaven, that we realize that death is only sleep that you are going to come awaken us from. And so for everyone here who has a loved one who has recently died or, or is going through this process now, Lord, our hearts go out to them because it is hard and, and it is not what you meant from the beginning of time. But Lord, it's not a place where, where you leave us without hope. So let us continue to encourage each other with the words of Jesus Christ and the promises that we have of eternal life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Could you join with me just once and just saying, Jesus has defeated death. Say it with me. Jesus has defeated death. I think it's important to say that. And and it's important to say that as you look at other false evidence uh, that appears to be real. And, And it's usually at very difficult times for us emotionally. But it's true. Jesus has defeated death. And that is something that that we want to take with us and say out loud uh, repeatedly because it's the truth. And now as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.